Hi, everybody, and welcome on the Good Data Morning Show. My name is George. And I'm Deanna. And please feel free to say hello as you're coming in, and do let us know where you are joining from, as it's always wonderful to see and learn of the diversity of our audience. Today, we have an amazing show. We're going to talk about how to design data and AI governance, and not any AI governance, but one that delivers value. So if you are enjoying the show, please click the like button, put in your comments, your questions related to the topic, put in your feedback and you know any, any knowledge that you might have on it from your own experience. Anything is welcome. So let's welcome our guest onto the show. Hello, Mario. Hello, George. Welcome. I have the pleasure of doing the introductions. So um, our guest today is Mario Canton. He's the founder and the chief data strategist of Prodago. Mario has worn many hats in his career as a programmer, analyst, architect, DBA, information technology manager, project manager, framework developer, entrepreneur, and strategist. Now, before founding Prodago, Mario has held a variety of data leadership positions with notable companies such as Cirque du Soleil, National Bank of Canada, Desjardins, uh, Government of Canada, and Rogers as well. And I counted out of these years of amazing experience, 20 years were spent by Mario in data strategist positions. He is a respected expert in his field and a sought-after speaker and a passionate communicator. Mario, I love very much how you say uh, in your bio on LinkedIn, I speak fluent geek, executive, marketer, banker, auditor, and change resistance sign language. That's amazing. Now, Mario's thought leadership on data governance and data management has left its mark on multiple audiences and influenced key actors over the years. His focus of the last 10 years has been data and analytics governance, and more recently on how to use governance to mitigate the risks created by pervasive application of advanced analytics and artificial intelligence, which is also our topic for today. Now, working with international organizations like Gardner and industry thought leaders, he developed the Lean data governance approach and the subsequent lean data and analytics governance operating model. He holds a master in business administration from HEC Montreal and a BA in mechanical engineering from Ecole Polytechnique. And Mario also likes scuba diving. Welcome, Mario. Welcome. Thank you for receiving me. Thank you. Mario, that's an impressive resume to say the least. And you know, as Diana was, was going through, through your resume, and uh, really addressing AI and, and your expertise and experience in this. It sort of reminded me of uh, the time when I was a teenager and I was reading all these sci-fi books. And more notably, I was reading um, Isaac Asimov's books, and um, which I don't know if any of you have, have read them. Then I think you have read at least one of them, The iRobot. And obviously, you know, there's a lot more like Caverns of Steel and the Foundation series. But I think the iRobot one really struck a chord with me. And I know we're not yet there in, in the, the world that Asimo was, was describing. We're not at that AI level, 
but still organizations need to start thinking about this and they have already started working with some sort of an AI in, in a way or another. Right, so then the question rises, why is AI governance important? Uh, and that that's an important question. And George, you're right. I remember the the, the three fundamental law of the robotic by uh, Isaac Asimov, and 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 I, I think the these law the purpose was to to put some boundaries on 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 the uh, the. The, uh, the the influence and the impact of artificial intelligence and and now we're right into this okay we see the need to govern ai this is this is strongly something that that strongly uh, uh, impact our organization uh, we see people uh, uh, um, uh, uh, that are strongly advocating the fact that AI needs to be governed. So, mm -hmm. so why does it need to be governed? Um, I would say that the first element that that's very uh, understandable is we need to govern the usage of AI. We need to make sure that the way AI is going to be used, the way AI is used by the organization, we need to put boundaries on what's okay and what's not okay in the usage of AI. So this is a, a very strong uh, a requirement and something where we need to put focus. We need to define the boundaries of AI usage. Uh, we, you've heard probably about the, the fact that AI or facial recognition could be used to, to create weapons, okay? Or where weapons mm -hmm. would target uh, specific people. So is that okay? Do we want to go there? So we need to define as a society what's acceptable in the usage of AI. Uh, mm -hmm. That from, from a, a, a society perspective, from an organization perspective, you know, is it okay for an organization to use Facebook data of its client in order to define a, a next best offer and to create an adjusted proposal? Is it okay? Okay, and if it's okay, uh, what type of consent should be asked? So, so the usage of AI from a society perspective and from a uh, an organization perspective needs to be governed. We understand this, and and the possibility of strong uh, 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 our, uh, society failure because of this are very real, and we need urgently to think about this. So that implies mostly defining principles that we need and boundaries. So the, Isaac Asimov, I guess, suggested these three laws as what's acceptable and what's not accessible, putting like a framework to do this. But we see we see uh, 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 the worldwide many AI principle declaration. Okay, we mm -hmm. have the Montreal Declaration in Canada, which strongly tries to define what's okay, what's not okay. And, and we see many organizations defining internally uh, uh, what they consider to be uh, responsible AI, okay? And, and they define internally what they consider to be acceptable or not in the usage of data. Now, the other aspect of AI that requires governance is a little bit more tricky. It's about the design of AI. 
So organizations who define themselves a principle about what they consider to be okay, not okay when they do when they do AI, mm -hmm. they need to govern how internally their AI model are being designed. And this is tough. Okay. This is tough. And, and the impact of not governing the design of AI are very important for organization. Okay. So organization, the, the first step probably definitely uh, defining uh, enterprise positioning on ethical and, and responsible uh, usage of AI, first thing. Then how operationally does this, is this implemented? Okay, and this is this is where uh, 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 my focus as interest is. I'm not an ethicist, okay, but definitely uh, 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 tackle the challenge of putting AI principle in operation. So how do you operationalize this? This is a a very very big challenge. The operationalization of AI governance from the design perspective. Now, why is this important? Because many organizations that undergo AI initiative fail because they are not able to govern the design of their, of their AI. They're not able to operationalize it. So, so it leads to you know, project failure. Okay, we've, we've worked mm -hmm. with clients where they've developed uh, uh, 50 proof of concept on AI, and they have none in production, not because the model are not good, because they fail to truly trust the, 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 the output. They fail to trust it from a, a security and, perspective. From and Mario, is it, was it also related to the, the data that the AI model was based on as well, or was it just a security piece? So, so the, 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 the component, and I've got a, a slide for you, uh, George, that you could present. So how, how do you get to trust AI? So I present here the, 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 the three, what we consider to be the three pillars of, of AI. So the first pillar, which is which is the most the, the one you know organization they they understand quickly, okay, and they're being impacted. We need AI to produce the desired output, okay, and definitely if the data is not good, okay, you won't get you know, the, the the right model. And people involved in creating model know this and they feel mm -hmm. this. They say, okay, I'm mm -hmm. building a model. The output is not uh, uh, delivering the expected result because of poor data quality. So, so this, the data quality management is something that needs to be governed. Okay. It feeds the effective pillar of, of trust. Okay. So it, being effective is, you know, what we consider the, the first pillar of trusted AI. Now, that's one thing, but there are other uh, pillars. So your AI not only needs to be effective, so the, the, the trustable in terms of, okay, I trust the quality that feeds the model. I trust the, the, the process and the quality of the training data set that, that, that led to the creation of the model. But trust will also come from the, 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 the fact 
that your AI will be compliant to different laws and regulation. You want your AI processes to be compliant to uh, to privacy law. Okay, right. uh, you've got you've got privacy law uh, uh, that's that are popping up everywhere around the world. Okay, we know we know GDPR, we know we know CCPA, we know uh, LGDP in 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 Brazil, we know uh, Canadian law. We've got the the Privacy Act that regulates the the the, the government of Canada departments. We've got PEPEDA that regulates uh, uh, private organization. You need to make sure that within your AI processes, you have the right controls and checkpoints and validation element to make sure your AI will be compliant from a regulation perspective. So uh, 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 privacy is one angle. Security is definitely one angle of, of compliance uh, on which you, you need to align. Uh, the, 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 the perspective also of your uh, AI uh, needs to be principled. So you could build AI processes that are effective, you know, the right, a good model. You can be compliant to uh, uh, laws and regulation. You also want to be principled. What does that mean? Okay, you have the Montreal Declaration that suggests uh, 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 what's, what's right, what's not right, how to enforce it. You might have internally within the organization your own a AI or ethical data management principle. Okay, this is not a compliance element. This is an organization that would choose to be principled in the way it, it governs, in the way it manages uh, uh, AI. And, and this principle aspect can lead to, to element of risk. So an organization that would uh, use uh, data in an unethical way to feed its AI processes mm -hmm. could face a reputational risk by not being principled in the way it creates AI. Uh, I have, yeah, that's, ahead, yeah, that's a lot and that's um, amazing. And I wanted to say something, so from just to, to emphasize your points here, so the way that I understand it is that um, when it comes to being effective, it has to do with the company and how it runs its processes. When it comes to compliant, this is something that um, is not a choice that absolutely needs to be done. And when it comes to principled, um, it's what is suggested to be done. So it comes to ethics, if I understand this right. And um, what uh, I know is that you have, I think, over a thousand um best-in-class operating practices, which I find um, amazing. So if um, if you could give us um, an understanding what Prodago does with all of this. So, so the, the, the idea is, is we face, we face this challenge of, of AI governance. And you see, we need, we organization wants to be effective, to be compliant, to be, to be principled. Now they face the challenge of operationalization. And, and just before I explain how we, 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 we tackle this, let, let me share with you uh, why organization uh, fail at governing their AI design. Okay. And, and a the, lot of them. What, so what's the problem? Okay. So you want to be effective 
compliant and principled. You've seen in the previous slide that it implies data quality, uh, privacy, security, fairness, and different ethical aspects that needs to, to be managed. So uh, if you look at all these, these trust uh, capabilities, uh, uh, the challenge organizations are facing is there are many fragmented pieces. Okay, so all these aspects of privacy, of security, of fairness, the challenge is the operationalization. So, okay, you can you you can understand all these pieces. The question is, what does this mean for your AI uh, project? Okay, so if you have an AI, uh, 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 your AI group is creating model. What does the what does it mean operationally? to be aligned with all these trust capability, what they need to do in real life, okay? And this is our, uh, this is my uh, my obsession, okay? It's the, 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 the operationalization of these, these angle, okay? How do you bring this to life in your, in your AI processes? What does it mean? The, the impact of not having a, uh, an end-to-end -end framework above all these pieces is 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 what impacts uh, organization. Okay, so they might understand this. They might have that type of framework. The question is, what does it mean in real life for their AI uh, uh, governance processes? So many fragmented pieces, no cookbook. You know the 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 AI lead that uh, that that you know undertake the the creation of a model. What's the cookbook? What needs to be done throughout the data science lifecycle in order to to produce the trustable output? So this does not exist. Okay. Mm -hmm. So so the impact is, and we see this all the time. Okay. Uh, let's take an example for from uh, uh, from uh, government of Canada. Okay. So you undergo, and this is this is a, a, a public information. So you undergo the creation of a model to take a, a decision on on visa request. Okay. And and you create the model, and you're about to put this in production, and then you know you consider the explainability of the model. You're being, you know, the, the legal team is saying, uh, if we put this in production, can we explain the decision? And and the the, the answer needs to be a, a part of the plan, okay? You need, when you create a model, to worry and think about the explainability requirement. So explainability is not just a technical thing where on how to explain how a black box uh, works, okay? Governing explainability means the business needs to uh, approve and define the expected level of explainability. It needs to understand how the, the chosen AI model, what's the associated explainability link to the model and needs to approve it, needs to be involved. So what's missing here is the, the playbook on how to do this. So, so Diana, to answer your question, what what we do at Prodago is that we we've created yes a a, a, a portfolio of operate governance operating practices. So we're we're very we're in the detailed. Okay, so we took privacy and we've detailed exactly 
how throughout a the different processes of AI uh, uh, of a data science life cycle, where what are the control points for explainability, for privacy, for fairness, for data quality management? Okay, what are the the governance control points throughout the cycle, the the life cycle, in order to provide a cookbook for organization? So yes, we created this registry of operating practices, governance operating practices on, on the topics uh, uh, we've shown earlier, okay, in order to make your AI uh, uh, efficient, uh, compliant, and responsible, we've defined the governance checkpoints throughout the data science lifecycle because we consider this is where it hurts, the, the non-capacity to tie all the pieces together to create a true uh, operational uh, playbook around this. So at Prodago, we've created a, a, a portfolio of governance operating practices. We have something like 1,500 operating practices. So it might seem a lot, okay? The idea is we've also segmented these operating practices by level of maturity. So, mm -hmm. so what it means is that you look at what's required in terms of governance checkpoints throughout your uh, AI lifecycle, but we've segmented these operating practices based on your AI adoption uh, uh, stage. So if you're in the experimentation phase within your organization when dealing with AI, you don't need all the governance checkpoint but certain ones are essential to move from experimentation to stabilization. So we've created this, this vast registry of, of operating practices. We've segmented the operating practices based on maturity level, and we've created a, a software at Prodago uh, to help organizations to undertake a, 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 the, the transformation effort. And, and when I say transformation, yes, go ahead. I, I wanted to ask you just for our um, listeners and for, for the people watching, could you give us some examples, some examples that are safe to share of these practices and of maybe also of the KPIs for them, just, just to give us an idea? Uh, absolutely. So so when I say we're, we're very detailed, so let's take the, the, let's take the example I gave earlier about explainability. Okay, so explainability is a, is a, a trust topic that that that's key. Um, the 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 objective is to make the AI model uh, transparent and explainable. So basically, for the the subject of explainability, we've defined something like uh, around seventy five detailed operating practices around explainability. So an example of operate explainability operating practices would be the, uh, the definition of explainability requirements by the business. So this is an operating practices. So what it means is someone in the organization needs to define the explainability requirements. Okay, and it's not going to be the uh, the data engineer or the data scientist. So most probably the sponsor of the AI initiative needs to be the owner of this operating practices, which is the definition of explainability requirements. So the, the, the business will define or must define 
uh, the level of explainability required from the model that's going to be developed. And this operating practices needs to be instantiated or executed early in the data science lifecycle. Okay, mm -hmm. the, 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 the inability to, to do this uh, will lead to a model that might be developed and that basically cannot be explained. And this will stay a proof of concept and not being employed. So an example of operating practices would be the definition of explainability requirement uh, uh, by the business. So, so what we're saying is that these operating practices needs to be defined and they need to be governed. So what it means is an AI initiative would need to know what are these control points throughout the data science lifecycle for explainability and privacy and, and data quality management. They would need to make sure that the right roles and responsibility are assigned to execute the operating practices. So this is this is a, a, this is what it means. So we're we're seeing at at, at Podago, uh, it's not the data that needs to be governed. It's the processes and the people that manage the data. You want to govern data management. So how do you do that? How do you govern explainability? Well, we, you define operating practices, you define the role and responsibility to approve and execute these operating practices related to, to explainability. So definition of explainability requirement is an operating practices. Now, the, 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 the attestation that the developed model is in line with the requirements would be another example of operating practices related to explainability. So we're in the details, but this is what kills AI initiative, the inability to translate high level regulation and translate this in operating practices. The, the, the other perspective we find very important is that we take all these operating practices related again to privacy and security and, and we for each operating practices, we identify the risk inherent to not doing it. Okay, so that mm -hmm. becomes very important. Okay, it's basically your business case to do it. So you have the full picture of the the the, the operating practices that needs to be implemented. Okay, aligned with your level of maturity, and for each operating practices, you're aware of the. The, the ethical risk or the privacy risk inherent to not doing it. So that becomes a, a business case to do it, and it becomes a priority element to, to define your implementation roadmap. That sounds uh, very thorough and very useful. And you know, I have never seen this before on any other sort of service or product that offers this. So. I dare to say that I, I believe you're quite new in this space. Um, you're quite a pioneer at providing this level of service and this this product that you're offering. I wanted Absolutely. just to take a just to take yes. a moment here, uh, Mario. Just wanted to say hello to the audience. Thank you so much for joining in. We do have people all over the place, starting from India. Hi, Vishu, and hello, Diana. Hey, you have a fan there. We have uh, Rajat from Toronto and Vinka from Ireland. Hi, Ayush, very nice to see you again from Mumbai. Uh, quite a few other people from uh, from Toronto as well. Of course, uh, fellow fellow neighbors here, uh, Boston and uh, Saudi Arabia and Germany, Maryland, US, Portugal, 
Pakistan. Well, it's it's really amazing to see all of you, and uh, thank you so much for for joining us on on the show. And yes, there's a lot of uh, geek talk here, but we're all geeks in a way, aren't we? And we're loving it. So I wanted just to to take some questions as well from from the audience. And the first one that I see here comes from Tom. Hi, Tom. Very nice to see you. Thank you for joining on. Uh, we'd love to hear the transition from mechanical engineer to data and al analytics. Seems natural to me, but would like to hear Mario's side. Uh, the, the 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 transition from mechanical engineering. So when you say mechanical engineering, uh, um, uh, I, I guess the, the the perspective of an organization uh, transitioning to uh, uh, the governance of data and analytics. But so um, I'm not I'm not sure I understand the question exactly. But um, let me share a perspective of transition here. Okay. So uh, let's say an organization uh, is currently doing basic uh, business intelligence. Okay. It moves uh, uh, through doing uh, advanced analytics, it aspires to do uh, uh, AI. So what does it mean, this transition from uh, the different types of analytics? So throughout the different uh, uh, category of analytics, what does it mean, th this transition? Uh, uh, basically, some governance operating practices are common to all these aspects. So whether you're doing a BI, advanced analytics, or AI, certain elements regarding privacy will need to be addressed whatever uh, uh, and however you do this. But as you want to transition and mature in your uh, analytic capability, okay, you'll need to enrich your governance operating practices with elements that are specific to different types of, of analytics. So, so as you as you mature, you will want to refine your uh, uh, your analytic uh, and your governance uh, operating practices. And planning these threshold is a key success factor to be able to uh, uh, to build these new types of capacity within organization. So you want to define in terms of governance what's required to move from advanced uh, analytic to AI. You want to understand the threshold and the difference in terms of operating practices. Thank you so much. And uh, Don Bell says thank you as well for sharing your input. And she does have a question. If you if Prodago has an ethics committee, or is it something that you're planning to maybe introduce at one point? We're, um, we don't have an ethic committee within Prodago, but we work with multiple partners who are ethics specialists. Okay, we work with this, the Canadian CIO Strategy Council that has defined. Uh, an ethical uh, standard called the ethical design and use of automated decision system. So we work with authorities like uh, Ivado or the Mila uh, for Humanity group that, that defines ethic, what they consider to be ethical, and we're supporting them in operationalizing their uh, ethical uh, principle and ethical consideration. We also work internally in organizations that have ethical committee, and we assist these ethical committee in operationalizing the principle that they might have uh, defined. Thank you. And and Belkasim is asking if you think that government should intervene in regulating the AI work. 
Absolutely, absolutely. I, you know, I've mentioned the the, the two uh, the two angle, the usage of AI and the design. So, on the usage of AI, I think there is an urgent need for parameters about uh, AI usage. I, I, I truly see the potential or uh, uh, important risk inherent of not putting the the right uh, parameters around the usage of AI. I also mm -hmm. think that organization needs to be more specific and there's something to do this about the, the the governance of the design okay so so it's not about only the usage it's about how to make sure when organization build AI model they do this in a compliant way and and you see you know uh, uh, this happens through multiple new regulations you, you see the the new version of a PPDA on the privacy angle with Will, will involve many elements that are specific to automated decision-making and to AI. So new regulations are coming in already around the different components of AI governance. And I see this as, an, as a very urgent need. Thank you, Mario. And Manju here has a question as well. How does data design and AI governance ensure that AI-powered decisions made and actions are reasonable, fair, and non-discriminatory? Um, you know, it's like the the AI governance from our perspective will, will put the framework, okay? So you might have the, the best framework in place, okay? You might have all the right processes. So in order for this to truly deliver the expected value, first, you need these processes to be fed by strong principle uh, uh, on which uh, uh, organization executive truly uh, uh, truly endorse okay the mm -hmm. your your ai principle in the organization must come from the top okay this is not just another uh, legal uh, checkpointing consideration they must come from the top they need to be endorsed so this is key so endorsement from the, the direction. You need the processes to be in place and you need it naturally in order to support this, you need the right structure. You will need the committees. You will need the right responsibility to tackle this. You will want to have executive leadership around this. And the most important part I think I see is as you define an operational framework, I think the key to make it uh, make it work are the accountabilities. So you want the uh, a clear accountabilities on the processes. This is this is very good lever to make it work. Okay, you want this to be transparent. You want you want you know the 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 responsibility to make your AI processes reasonable, fair, and non-discriminatory. You want the specific responsibilities for the specific action to be well defined. Okay, that that mm -hmm. becomes a way uh, to 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 make it uh, to bring it in, into actions. And on that note, Robert from UK here, I think he was also mentioning that maybe you do need to keep a human override if the decision. It needs to be challenged. So I think what you were mentioning, Mario, on the accountability and the transparency, there always needs to be that human factor in there that has really control over these outputs and the entire process as well. There needs to be visibility. 
Absolutely, and uh, you know, if you 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 think back about the the slides I've shown about the the trust pillar, effective, compliant, and principled, and the the eight trust capability, the eighth one is human and control. Okay, so you need to ensure that depending on the model you build, you have the right uh, level of implication of human in the review of the decision. And this is something that needs to be governed. So if you're creating an AI model to define the next best offer for, for your client, okay, maybe the, the, the decision of the model doesn't need to be reviewed by a human. But if you're taking a, a credit decision or if you're taking a, a visa decision request, okay, you certainly need to consider the level of application of human in the decision that is made. So, so the, the, the human in control or human in the loop element is an element of governance that needs to be required. So for, for the, this perspective, we've, we've created uh, uh, dozens of operating practices to operationalize this. So when do you decide this? Who makes the call? Okay, how does it put uh, is it put into action? How do you audit these processes? So you need to decline this into uh, uh, specific operating practices. And 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 uh, the, the question is is very pertinent because this is an, an element that's being uh, overlooked and it's impacting uh, uh, many AI initiative because it's not there, it, because it's not planned in front. So when mm -hmm. the AI initiative is about to deploy, then you know you're being you 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 get you getting resistance from the people involved because they they feel out of the loop internally you know from a, a an employee perspective or an ethic perspective. I have a question. Oh, okay, go ahead. Sorry. <laughs> Just wanted to to pose this question from Russell. That data privacy laws are usually per country, and they're likely to become more fragmented. And would it be far preferable? although a lot more challenging to implement this as a global standard and i think the answer will be yes but i don't want, i don't want to take uh, take from your answer mario but i think while while this is in the works is prodago allowing you to compare the operational implications for each for each country Oh yes, and and this uh, this is cool stuff. You know, if you like this kind of stuff, okay. So so what does it mean? So uh, if you look at the the privacy law as they were uh, created in, in in the the past ten years, okay, mm -hmm. you can see a very clear trend in you know how the the level of constraints that comes with these regulation. So as new version are, are coming in, okay, uh, uh, the the regulation because more and more. Uh, 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 constructive. Um, so GDPR set a very uh, did set a very clear uh, level, and other regulation are coming in there, and they're trying to uh, to add to th this type of regulation. So I think it's a good idea to allow organization to allow countries to you know build on top of what already existed i see a, a very uh, a clear challenge to try to define this at a, a worldwide level so um but how do you 
as an organization, keep alignment with all these regulations. So what we do at Prodago is, is we took element of regulation like GDPR and we've aligned our operating practices to each statement of GDPR. So th this is like creating an operational playbook for GDPR. It's, it's decoupling the operational playbook from uh, the laws and, and regulations. So We've done this for GDPR, we've done this for, for PPDA, we've done this for CCPA, for Brazilian law, for Quebec law, okay? And when you do this, when you decouple the operating practices from different laws and regulation, it allows to compare the operational requirement from one law to the other. So it, pro it gives the capability to the chief privacy officer to understand the operational implication of new regulation that's coming. So this is very, uh, very cool stuff, okay? And and it it can happen because uh, in Prodago, we go at a very uh, detailed uh, level of granularity. It allows to decouple the operational requirement from laws and regulation to uh, uh, understand what's required to operationalize and to be more agile to face new regulation. Very good question. Thank you, Mario. And Adina, I think you had something to say. I also want to to mention that uh, we're a little bit past our, our time here, so um, want to just be cognizant of that. But uh, Diana, I think you, you wanted to say something as well. I, I had, again, a question uh, regarding the most common challenges that organizations face with AI governance. But I would um, I would really appreciate, you know, some examples of where companies fail most at AI governance. Um. I would say, you know, the the main challenge I see is fragmentation. So, so you know, the the security aspect, the privacy aspect, the the the, the model uh, uh, risk aspect, uh, the the data quality, all these these uh, governance angle are managed in by different sector by different uh, 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 stakeholder in the organization. I, I think, you know, from the governance perspective, I, I think this is a legacy of of past uh, data related regulation like like Basel, who basically confined the role of data governance to data quality and data literacy. Okay, so now we 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 have the impact of this. So the privacy, the security, and uh, uh, the the ethics, the quality perspective are managed in, in different sector. And the challenge, the main challenge I see is how do you coordinate these efforts? How do you mm -hmm. really bring collaboration between the chief privacy officer who wants to enforce a, a privacy regulation, the, the, the chief data officer who needs to act as a conductor around uh, uh, operating practices, and your chief analytic officer who wants to deliver trustable outputs. So they lack the common language to do this. and and. Uh, what's what's very cool, if you find this cool, is is when you bring the capability to unified data governance through operating practices. So we see the operating practices as a unifying language 
that that basically enables collaboration and we bring the focus not on the data itself about data quality data issue management and data lineage okay we bring the focus on the processes and by doing this it allows and enable and increase collaboration so main challenge is collaboration not because they don't want to, because they lack the raw material on which they need to collaborate. They focused on data as the collaboration material. And it's not the data that should be the focus. It's the processes and the people that manage the data. That's, mm -hmm. a, that's a very good point. It's uh, putting humans in power and empowering them to, to do the right thing and to, uh, to aim towards those business goals that they're trying to achieve. So Mario, I think this has been an amazing session. There's a lot more questions that did come up. I think we could talk about this for hours. And I see you're very passionate about this I stuff. Could. <laughs> so and we I definitely could. need to we need to have you back again in a few weeks, and uh, maybe we can talk further on the data governance side of things as well. I wanted Absolutely. to say thanks. Uh, sorry to interrupt you, Mario. I wanted to thank um, Eric, uh, Mark, Eric for answering all of the questions that came up that we didn't have a chance to, to answer to. I know that he's one of your colleagues and um, he answered everything very beautifully and very knowledgeably and I'm very grateful for that. I wanted to congratulate you for your amazing team, Mario. I looked at their uh, bios. They have all have over 20 years of experience in strategy. So I think it's a very, very strong team and that's, uh, that's really, important. And I think um, I wanted to encourage everyone to visit uh, podago.com. Can you please remind me what Podago comes from? Well, Podago was founded uh, seven years ago and Prodago initially meant project data governance. Okay. So the idea of focusing on specific context to identify governance requirements. So that that's, that's the that was the initial uh, meaning of uh, Prodego. Very nice. It's easier to remember when uh, when we know this. And I encourage everyone to get in contact with you and with uh, Mark Eric Larocque to um, if they have more questions. Absolutely, and I would like to thank you, uh, Diana and George, for uh, for this uh, this uh, great uh, discussion and uh, and the way you conduct this. Thank you very much, and thank you for to the audience for participating. Thank you so much, everybody, and uh, we're looking forward to see you all again next Friday morning for another great show. And we're definitely going to have Mario back on the show to talk about data governance and really see where the conversation will take us, like today. But definitely. AI governance to take a look at the product, go see what they offer. It seems like it's a great company, great product, great offering. And to me, it feels like any and every company needs to take advantage of this. So thank you again, everybody, and have a wonderful rest of the day and lovely weekend ahead. So good day and morning to everybody. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you.